that uh, we've got the land that was conquered and the division in chapter 13 for the two and a half tribes on the east side of the Jordan River. We know about that from the south to north, Reuben, Gad, and half Manasseh. And, uh, but there's territory on the, uh, the west side of the Jordan. That's the main part of Israel. And over the next several chapters, uh, the focus will be primarily on the division. Now, they divided by tribes and then subdivided by families and all that. For the most part, we are spared the subdivisions by families. Though we'll see an occasional territory that a particular family gets. Most of this will be more looking at the divisions that are given to each tribe. Uh, but we actually, in chapter 14, are going to see what's given to a particular individual here. Uh, so, chapter 14, um, I think we can just read the whole chapter if somebody wants to do that. Now these are the territories which the sons of Israel inherited in the land of Canaan, which Eleazar the priest and Joshua the son of Nun, and the heads of the households of the tribes of the sons of Israel apportioned to them for an inheritance, by the lot of their inheritance, as the Lord commanded through Moses for the nine, and a, the nine tribes and the half-tribe. For Moses had given the inheritance of the two tribes and the half-tribe beyond the Jordan, but he did not give an inheritance to the Levites among them. For the sons of Joseph were two tribes, Manasseh and Ephraim, and they did not give a portion to the Levites in the land, except cities to live in, with their pasture lands for their livestock and for their property. Thus the sons of Israel did just as the Lord had commanded Moses, and they divided the land. Then the sons of Judah drew near to Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephnua, the Kenzite, said to him, you know the word which the Lord spoke to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was forty years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought word back to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt with fear, but I followed the Lord my God fully. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land on which your foot has trodden shall be an inheritance to you and to your children forever, because you have followed the Lord my God fully. Now behold, the Lord has let me live, just as he spoke, these forty-five years, from the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses, when Israel walked in the wilderness, and now behold, I am eighty-five years old today. I am still as strong today as I was in the day Moses sent me. As my strength was then, so my strength is now for war and for going out and coming in. Now then, give me this hill country about which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day that Anakim were there with great fortified cities. Perhaps the Lord will be with me and I shall drive them out as the Lord has spoken. So Joshua blessed him and gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, for an inheritance. Therefore Hebron became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite, until this day, because he followed the Lord God of Israel fully. Now the name of Hebron was formerly Kiriath Arba, for Arba was the greatest man among the Anakim. Then the land had rest from war. Okay, so we are in this section of the division of the land. You've got two individuals primarily in charge. Who are they? 
Eleazar and Joshua. Now, Joshua, that makes sense. He's the leader. He is the one who's brought them in. They've conquered the land. He's responsible for the division. Why is Eleazar involved? And what was what was Eleazar? He's a priest. He is the priest. He is related to who? How is he related to Aaron? Yeah, Aaron's son. So what would his role be in the division of the the inheritance? Um, yeah, I think he would have been the high priest at this point. He would have cast the lots for the land, I assume. Exactly. He would have been involved in probably the Urim and Thummim stuff, or other inquiries of the Lord, and so he would probably have been involved in casting the lots to see which tribes get which parts of the territory. And so we've already given two and a half tribes, their territory on the east of the Jordan, how many tribes are left for the west of the Jordan? Nine and a half. And And that actually does not count which tribe? The Levites, because there were really, really 13 tribes, since Joseph was split into two, Manasseh and Ephraim, but we don't really count Levi with the 12 tribes because they didn't get a territory, they got cities. So, that's what's going to happen. Now, the Judahites come first, and they'll get their tribal inheritance first, but first, one of the Judahites speaks. Caleb. You remember Caleb? What was his role? He was the spy. He was one of the two good spies. What? Probably for Judah. Yes, exactly. He was. He was Judah's spy. Uh, do you know who the other good spy was? Joshua. From which tribe? Benjamin. Ephraim. Yes. He was from Ephraim. So, um, we learned some things about the time frame here. How old was Caleb when he spied out the land? Forty. Forty. How old is he now? Eighty-five. So about how long have they been spending since they crossed the Jordan River to conquer the land? Five years. Yeah, really more like six to seven, because when they started the... 40 years wandering, it really actually included the time they'd already spent on the wilderness, which was about a year and a half. So really, they spent about 38 and a half years in the wilderness wandering, so they spent about maybe six or seven years conquering the territory to this point. And so now you've got Caleb as an 85-year-old man. What are most 85-year-old men thinking about? Death. Death. Retirement. You know, they want to spend their last days, you know, uh, raising some vegetables or some flowers or something like that. Well, that's not Caleb. What's Caleb want? He wants the toughest land in, in the area. He wants that as his possession so he can drive out the bad giants. He wants a challenge. Here he's 85, and he's saying, I want this territory that belonged to the Anakim. The territory they had spied out what they had seen that had scared the ten tribes, to, or ten spies to death. You know, he said, that's what I want. He said, I'm as strong as I've ever been. You know, and, uh, you know, he, he says, uh, my strength, as, so, as my strength was then, so my strength is now for war, for going out and coming in. And so he wants the territory with the Anakim, though he's not trying to say he's going to do this all on his own. He says in verse 12, and perhaps the Lord will be with me, and I will drive them out as the Lord has spoken. 
I think that's just really cool. Somebody his age taking on new challenges, wanting to to do more <laughs> and find some hard job instead of trying to just kind of ease his way, you know, into death. Uh, I realize not everybody might have the physical strength to do that, but I think it speaks well of uh, Caleb that having it, he wanted to use it for the Lord. You know, a lot of you know, I've seen a lot of older people that talk about, you know, here's all the great things I did back in my day, and Caleb is, hey, I bring on the new challenges. Uh, you know, kind of reminiscent of like uh, probably the example that you know we've would have thought about the most. An example like Sewell Hall when he's 70 leaving Atlanta where he's been for, I don't know, 25 or 30 years and he's an elder and preacher and things are going wonderfully to move to New York City to help a struggling church there. You know, who at 70 years old does things like that? You know, find your place to to just kind of relax and mosey on out. But he wanted the challenge. He He saw the need. You know, they didn't need him in Atlanta. They needed him in New York City. We ought to have that, you know, energetic, determined, I'll do everything I can for the work of the Lord as long as the Lord gives me the strength to do it. So I think just very encouraging to see Caleb's attitude in this. Comments and thoughts? Was Caleb's son Othniel? Nephew. Son-in-law. Also. Also? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Also? Yeah, we're going to we're going to read about that in the next chapter. Uh, Caleb offered his daughter to whoever conquered one of these cities. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, and his daughter then married his her cousin, I guess. Well, oh, oh, people do that today. You don't marry your cousin. Yeah, you people in Brazil do it right and left. <laughs> you what? Unless you live in Kentucky. Really, <laughs> 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 it's not weird in Brazil. No, not at all. It is weird here to marry your cousin. It's not against the law, but it might be frowned on in social circles. But it's not in Brazil. It's common. It's against the law. And back here, it was frowned on to marry too far outside your family. Like, for instance, Jacob went back to Rachel to get Rachel, and then the daughters of Zalofa had had to marry within their tribe. tribe. That's right. If they wanted to hang on to the inheritance. right. Right. So you didn't marry too far. So it was the opposite. There were laws against marriage within certain degrees. It's true. You couldn't marry your sister, you couldn't marry your daughter, Mm. you know, you couldn't marry your grandma and things like that. (laughs) (laughs) Not that you'd have a whole lot of desire, but (laughs) how old did Caleb look? I don't know. Older than eighty five. Is this the last we read about him? Other than whatever There's a there's this story about his daughter and so forth, but yeah. I don't think there's something substantial after that. Uh, we read about the same story with his daughter, more or less, in Judges chapter 1, but it's basically a retelling of the same story. Other comments or questions? All right. Uh, chapter 15. Um, we now are really into the dividing up of the land. So now the lot 